Welcome to another episode of Ed Choice Chats. I'm Jennifer Wagner, our Vice President of Communications, and I am joined today by Leslie Heiner, our Vice President of Legal Affairs and the head of our newly launched Legal Defense and Education Center. We are here today to talk about Montana. So welcome, Leslie. Well, hello. Thank you. Well, what's going on in Big Sky Country? Talk to us about this April 6th hearing and this ongoing uh, litigation that's been going on there for more than two years. Uh, Montana has a very important litigation going forward. But first, let me tell you what first started the litigation. In Montana, the legislature adopted a tax credit scholarship program. Now, it wasn't a huge program, but every child in the state of Montana is eligible And every person in Montana could give $150 to a scholarship organization and would receive a tax credit as a result of making that contribution. And then that money then would be given in scholarships to children. Now, the law as it was written also said that all schools could apply and participate, including religious schools. However... The Department of Revenue was tasked with implementing that law, and the Department of Revenue, when putting together rules for the program, put together a rule that said that no religious schools could participate. Well, that was a big problem in two ways. First, it was a problem to the legislators, who were very quick to respond, "Um, no, you, you got that wrong. The law actually says religious schools can participate. That's exactly what we wanted. That's exactly what the statute says. That's exactly what you need to implement. And the second thing is that there were some parents who stepped up who desperately needed these scholarships. And they were very upset about the idea that first, suddenly they were getting some help for their kids. And then just as suddenly that help was disappearing as a result of some crazy rule made by a department, a a state agency in in Helena, very far away from where they live. This is what gave rise to to the litigation. Well, that's really interesting, Leslie, and it sounds like this could have much, much bigger implications beyond this April 6th hearing for the school choice movement. Tell us a little bit about how that looks, regardless of what happens on April 6th. The larger implications for the school choice movement go back to the Trinity Lutheran case decided by the U.S. Supreme Court last year, where the court ruled that in a widely available public benefit program that you can't exclude a religious entity just because they're religious, just because it's a church, just because it's a church school. That is a violation of the First Amendment of the Constitution. Um, However, there were two different cases that uh, we thought would be test cases of that ruling that the court sent back to both Colorado and New Mexico, but those have not proven to be cases that are perfect to test Trinity Lutheran. This case in Montana, which, by the way, is called Espinoza versus the Department of Revenue, This case is a very clear-cut case. The only issue here is whether or not these religious schools can be included in this tax credit scholarship program. So it's truly, well, let me put it this way. I really hope we win this case at the Montana Supreme Court, Uh, but in, in the event that we would not, this case would certainly 
have the possibility to be appealed up to the U.S. Supreme Court should they choose to take it. Well, we'll see what happens on that front. Now, you've talked about and made a very rational case for parents, legislators, the intent of the program, the will of the people being on the side of allowing all schools to participate. Could you talk for a minute about who is opposing us on this litigation? Well, I don't often like to say the usual suspects, but in this case, it's the usual suspects. So one of the lead groups is the Montana Teachers Union, which is part of a coalition. And the coalition includes 90 different school districts and school district associations that comprise the school boards and administrators. And also, I think it's important to note that the Montana Teachers Union has also recently merged with the Montana Federation of Public Employees. Now, I'm not sure that the public employees have signed up on this, but now they become part of this as well, apparently. Additionally, it's the ACLU, the national ACLU, plus the ACLU of Montana, Americans United for Separation of Church and State, and the Anti-Defamation League. Again, these are the same groups, the teachers unions, ACLU, Americans United for Separation of Church and State. We see them as opponents in almost all of the school choice litigation. Okay, the usual suspects it is. You know, it's interesting to me, and this is less of a legal question and more of a philosophical question, that a lot of these groups who do oppose implementation of programs or the writing of programs that allow public dollars to flow to private schools, including religious schools, they don't ever seem to have any problem with that at other levels of our education system, even though those are also public dollars. And do you think we're ever going to get to a point where people accept that this is also the norm in K-12? Well, I think it's pretty clear that parents understand school choice implicitly. Let's see, the legislature appropriates money for your child to be educated. That money goes to a public school. However, under a school choice program, the parent gets the option of using a portion of that same money to send the child to a private school if that is, in fact, what their child needs. That's real common sense that, uh, that parents, they get this very quickly. So truly, the arguments against school choice, they become very academically self-serving by the opponents who have a very real vested interest in, in the outcome of this. For us, we're just trying to help parents, parents who need help in finding that right education for their kids to make sure that they have the option to do that. And, and that it's not just that we say there's an option, but that it's a real option, that these parents can, in fact, use a portion of those tax dollars that have been appropriated for their children for education, that the parents actually have the means to make the proper choices for their own children's education. Seems like common sense to me. Now, this effort in Montana that you are a part of is all part of our new legal center, which is now, let's see, almost four months old. You will be out in Montana for this hearing? Absolutely. Yes, I will definitely be there. I should note that the plaintiffs, Kendra Espinoza, a mom with a couple daughters from Stillwater, Oklahoma, which is in a very rural well, Montana is a very rural state, but it's a rural rural area in a rural state in northwestern 
Montana. She will be there as well. She's being represented by the Institute for Justice and Dick Comer in particular, who's been a longtime friend of Ed Choice and for me personally and is a great lawyer. <laughs> I don't envy the, the lawyers on the other side who will have to argue against him. I would not want to go up against Dick Comer, and, and I think the partnership that we have that you have with IJ has been excellent over the years, and is probably only going to get stronger now that you are heading up the LDEC, as we call it around here, the Legal Defense and Education Center. So that's exciting. So you'll be out there on April 6th. Tell our listeners, how soon do you expect to have a resolution in this case, one way or the other, so we know maybe going forward, what that strategy is if we have to wind up going up to the Supreme Court? The Montana courts, although this case has been lingering now for a couple years, there were a lot of procedural maneuvers that were done in in the early years. But since that time, though, the trial court was pretty prompt in making its ruling. And I think the Montana Supreme Court has been known to be an efficient court. So at the very least, I might expect that we would see some kind of outcome here by the end of the year. Okay. Well, we will look forward to that. Is there anything you'd like to add about this case or other things that you are working on right now as, uh, as part of uh, the Legal Center? I would like to note, for those who are interested, under tax credit scholarship programs, the U.S. Supreme Court has also been very clear in a prior ruling uh, arising out of Arizona, the Wynn case, that when an individual gives money for a charitable purpose and gets a tax credit from the state as a result, that is not a legislative appropriation. It can't be because the money that is given by an individual actually belongs to the individual and not to the government. The Supreme Court and multiple courts since then have been very clear about this, and yet The Department of Revenue in Montana is trying to stand on this idea that virtually the state owns all your money and can decide what what it is and how you use it and how they'll treat it. That's wrong legal precedent. That's against legal precedent. I I don't know why they're going down this path, to be real honest with you. For me, it's just pretty clear. The opinion of Justice Kennedy in the Wynn case was fantastic when he said that the money in your bank account is not the same as the state's bank account. It's pretty simple, clear, direct, easy to understand. Uh, So we're going forward here hoping that the Montana Supreme Court will join state Supreme Courts in other states, many other states, and also the U.S. Supreme Court in making the proper decision in this case in ruling in favor of these parents so their kids can get a decent education. Well, it sounds like a clear case of executive overreach, but the good news is, hey, that our founding fathers were wise enough to set up our country so that you got the legislative branch, you got the executive branch, and now we're going to see what the judicial branch does in this case. So thank you, as always, Leslie, for joining us for another uh, episode of Ed Choice Chats, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. Thank you. Thank you.